If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Today's episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast comes in association with Nutmeg, the Scottish football periodical. The subscription-only quarterly publication is filled with top-quality writers, great articles and fascinating stories about the beautiful game in Scotland. Get your subscription at www.nutmegmagazine.co.uk Scottish Football Podcast. I am Craig Fowler and I'm joined on this occasion by Craig G. Telford. Alright, he's normally the Sean first, then me. Sorry. You, you I'm thrown off by the mic problems we've been having. You done me first the first time we tried to record it. Yes. Do you want to try it again then? Just, just no, this on. is fine. Okay, Craig Telford, hello. <laughs> and Sean McGuigan. Hello. Right. Yes, so we're... Um... But this is like when your football team shoots a different <laughs> way. You think, oh, we're not going to win this. <laughs> We're not going to win this. We're already having problems. As I well. don't know. We're having mic problems. So if uh, today's show sounds any different, then I apologise. Uh, you either listen to a recording on the phone or a recording on the mic in which the settings are to be completely played about with because for whatever reason, we were just coming through very quietly. So we're not sure what happened. The, the podcast that Sean and I recorded for the Patreon immediately beforehand was fine. Then we start recording this one and all of a sudden, despite not actually touching anything, it suddenly stopped working. I've That's been here for 50 minutes. Yeah, you have been here. I'm, yeah, I'm very sorry that you've been here for some time already. We've not actually recorded it. So we'll get out of the stage. I'm going to have to put a light on. Excuse me a second. I've enjoyed your company. If that makes you feel a little bit. Well, it has, actually. Good fun. Good fun. As I walk away, you put the light on. Sorry, it was getting, it was getting dark and I couldn't see my computer screen properly. If you're a gloating Celtic fan wanting to come on here and talk about how great your team is and how utterly rancid Rangers are, then I could only apologise because this is a lower league special. Yeah, so lower leagues clear off. The lower league league table normal league tables wrapped up at the weekend with plenty to talk about. So that's why the guys are on in this edition. If you'd like to hear the usual kind of well not quite usual, but a Scottish Premiership roundup of sorts, Sean asked me a series of questions about the weekend in a Texture. We're going to be doing two textures today. We've already recorded one, and we're going to be doing our usual music one later. So if you'd like to listen to them, head over to patreon.com forward slash Terrace Podcast, where for as little as a £1.69 <laughs> <laughs> or $2 a month. Oh, as old Texas Fowler might say, as he kicks back with a corn on the cob uh, and some uh, chewing tobacco, probably. A bit of hay just coming out. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. If you, this feels like a, this feels like a Thursday night. I'm actually thinking I've, I can't wait. Uh, I've got one uh, day of the week. Find this tomorrow. Right. Let's begin with the news from late last night into today, which is that Jack Ross, above Premiership managers Neil Lennon, Brendan Rodgers, and Steve Clark, was announced as manager of the year. 
very surprised, uh, and that's not to take away from what Jack Ross had achieved at St Mirren. I thought it would have been Steve Clark would have been would have been the bookie's choice. Came into a very difficult set of circumstances at Kilmarnock and has turned them into a formidable team. Recorded very impressive victories over. I was going to say Rangers and Celtic. Well, recorded an impressive victory over Celtic because yes. anyone can beat Rangers these days. Um, but whereas Jack Ross. I think what the problem is with Jack Ross is we are looking at the work he's done over two seasons. Yeah. You're saying that well, St Mirren were at the foot of the table last for the best part of last season, looked like they were going to contest in the, the relegation playoffs in the championship. Whereas this season, uh, he has taken them an immediately upward trajectory and they've, they've been at the top of the table for the best part and have stayed there. I thought St Mirren were going to win the division anyway. What he's done at St Mirren hasn't really exceeded my own expectations. I thought there might have been a bit. He, he, sorry, I thought it might have been a, a greater challenge from the teams beneath him. Um, but and he has won it the, the league in comfort. But uh, for what he's done, no, I think he's done what was expected of him with St Mirren. Whereas Steve Clark uh, hasn't. I thought it was slightly for me. It was slightly above my expectation. I, I, I think we said at the start of the season with. You and I kind of fancy some in for the playoffs, maybe I the last playoff spot. I thought they'd finished third or fourth. Yeah. So they've, uh, they've, they've overachieved to a degree in terms of what I expected of them this season. Uh, however, of of the four that were shortlisted, I probably still would have had Ross's fourth. I would say probably Clark has overachieved more, uh, I would say Lennon has overachieved more, and Rogers is two-thirds of the way to a treble. second consecutive treble. And I'd, I'd have Ross fourth. You could, you could make the argument as well that Rogers is kind of his overall story has been helped by last season as well because so you have to kind of take I suppose you have to take some context in it but well then in that in that scenario you would also have Stuart Petrie involved yeah well I think Stuart Petrie should and that's the kind of thing as well you could say the fact that Ross has won it as well is like he's a he's a lower league manager who's not he has won the title when other teams were expected to win it I mean Dundee United were the favourites and I think Falkirk were second so there is that measure of success but it is at the lower tier, and it's like, well, it is lower tier, but at the same time, should should that really matter? Well, if it, if it shouldn't matter, then Stuart Petrie should definitely be in that final four, but he's not. So we obviously do, in fact, we do take the, the top flight more seriously, probably because it should, because, you know, the best players take, play at the top level, and usually the best managers play at the top more level. Pressure, well. More pressure, more pressure, more expectations. You, you see it quite a lot as well um, with guys who do so well in the lower leagues, and then they go to a job in the top flight, and you often get criticism of, you know, their, their methods just aren't as progressive uh, to, to deal with what players are used to at that level. John McGlynn. Yeah, or, I mean, you can't really imagine Dick Campbell's done six, many successful jobs in the lower leagues. You can't really imagine him taking over Park Thistle, for example. Again. And, yeah, again. <laughs> and having them, like, you know, <laughs> having them compete for the top six place. So, it, it's a bit of a weird one. You can understand why, but I just thought people got wrapped too much in the overall story but if you want to dial it back a bit further Simmons should never have been in that position in the first place they were in that position though that's the problem Alex Ray's management of the club was yeah, yeah. Was, exactly was really really cool. exactly and he, and he, he did done well to turn it around but he did he most of the hard work most of the difficult yes. work was done when he came over like about 18 months ago it would yeah. have been when most that of the January transfer window that he done the 10 in like, 10 out yeah, yeah. yeah. I, the players he brought in just about every single one of them played a huge role in that that was why they were not only why they stayed up, but also why they had some serious momentum coming into this season. Don't forget, Alex Ray does deserve a lot of credit for Jack Ross's award. He was the one who uh, signed Lewis Morgan to uh, yes. a contract. So, if anything, very, the, the award hum- should have been split between Jack Ross and Alex Ray. He's also very humble about it. He's, he's never, ever said it, ever, ever. <laughs> it's like when Alan Pardew, uh, when he took over at West Brom, he accused the caretaker manager of stealing his new manager bounce. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember who it was, but the, the person had come in for like two Gary games. Gary Mixon. Gary Mixon. Gary Mixon was in for charge of like two games, picked up like four points. Pardew comes in the form those times. It was all Mixon's fault <laughs> for stealing his new manager. It, it, it was somebody on the on the Football Weekly said clubs should just do it all the time where they just threaten to hire Pardew and then, and then <laughs> announce that they've not hired them. So a club in turmoil will then win like four games in a row. So the players are <laughs> players have to win before the Pardew gets in and then they're relieved that he's not joining so then they win the next day as well we haven't appointed Pardew bounce that's what Rangers <laughs> that's what Rangers should do so they can get second place no I think they should threaten, threaten to hire Pardew I just think they should appoint him yeah <laughs> what's more banter yours Pardew or Gerard? Pardew Pardew Pardew, Pardew. 
because um, because Gerard, uh, I know that we're kind of going off topic here, but but Gerard does come with that luster, you know. There is that sort of he was a, a fabulous player, you know, and he, he achieved fantastic things at his time at Liverpool. Whereas Pardew, uh, since that fifth place season at Newcastle, has been a laughing stock. But he then got awarded, I think it was a six year contract off the back of an eight year contract. An eight year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. He's just, think a, he's, just a, he's just a shiny weirdo. <laughs> Remember he did that dance at the FA Cup final. <laughs> yeah, he didn't. He didn't. Yeah, he didn't regret that. <laughs> right. So we've discussed Ross, Jim Duffy. He's not winning any manager of the year awards because he's been sacked. I was. I, I will say I'm, I wasn't. I wasn't surprised uh, to, to see Jim Duffy go, given the news that came out of Morton on. I think it might have been Saturday night, Sunday morning, that Dougie Ray was stepping down as a chairman. Dougie Ray, of course, uh, owns the Golden Casket Confectioners Company, has been synonymous with you know, Morton since taking the club over. I think it was like 2002 or 2003 from Hugh Scott. Hugh Scott is one of the most reviled figures. Uh, and Inverclyde, he one of the comments he made, he wanted to take Greenock Morton the same way as the shipyards, which, uh, given the what happened to the shipyards, oh, that oh, good boys, bro. <laughs> <laughs> the signs of Northern ships, you know, you know, the big young Billy Conley, uh, you know, you should make light of what Hugh Scott tried to do to Morton, okay. <laughs> right? Let's just nip that in the bud right now. Gary Harkins <laughs> But but Dougie Ray came in when the club were at a low ebb. I'm, I'm like if they'd been in administration, they'd gone into administration, and he took them, uh, won the third division uh, in front of a crowd of like nine thousand people at Capolo, and since then I think people who know Morton better than me might have something to say. But but Dougie Ray seemed to have a bit of a messiah complex. He seemed to, to really get involved with the club. I did podcasts in the past with like Dave Irons with like Scott McLaughlin, Colin McMenamin, and guys who played at Morton and said that, that, that Dougie Ray would be would come into the changing rooms uh, uh, before the matches and, and listen in and the team talks and stuff. Just things that you wouldn't really expect. Imagine that being quite awkward. Aye, things you wouldn't expect from an owner. But he's sorry, he'd been synonymous with uh, with, with Morton for a long time and he said in his, his statement that the big regret is that he couldn't uh, take Morton into the the, the Premiership. But there's a, so there's change in the guard. His son Crawford is now taking over as manager, and from what I understand, he isn't as keen uh, on the football side of things as his father was. So what you might see there, there's talk of like the Easdales who were involved at Rangers, if if, if you remember, uh, who own, own Miguel's buses. They're involved, so there's, there's not hundred percent sure of what's going on. But it's like uh, what happens in most cases is when there's a uh, boardroom machination some changes there the manager goes with it and Duffy for all Duffy did a lot of good work at Morton there's no doubt about it I don't think you can take away from that he took a club uh, after who'd been relegated in humiliating fashion <coughs> from the championship they'd been beaten 10-2 by Hamilton Ackies on the last day of the season won them uh, League 1 granted the standard of opposition wasn't they were you can add it. Yep, absolutely. So, so the one the thirty, you can add the caveat that they were supposed to be up against Dunfermline that season. That was the season that Dunfermline finished seventh. seventh. Yep. Morton still managed to lose twelve games that season, right. uh, wow. ending the league. In fact, they won it on. I think they won it on the final day when their closest challenges were Forfar and Stranraer. They beat Stranraer in the penultimate. That was a televised game. Sure, Declan McManus scored a couple of goals against uh, against Stranraer. But yeah, I mean, it wasn't wasn't the most convincing. But he did what was mm-hmm. asked of them, and he stabilised the second season. He stabilised. Uh, um, Morton is a solid, uh, if albeit unremarkable. Um, <laughs> sorry, as a cat just walked across my jacket there. Excuse me. Um, he turned he turned Morton into a sort of like, unspectacular uh, second tier side. But the season, I mean, they were they were second at one point in the season, and they were expected to to challenge for the top floor. Top four, excuse me. Nine, and, nine weeks ago, I thought. It was almost certain that they were going to finish in the top four. Yeah, ahead of, ahead of Dunfermline, yep. ahead of uh, Dundee United, mm-hmm. you know. And, and they the, finished the season three points ahead of Falkirk. That is seventh. So on that basis, yeah, you could say, I remember I was reading in Pie and Bovril that the, the, the difference between a top four finish and like a seventh place finish is something like £250,000. That's a lot of money to a team, team of Morton. So when you look at it like that, then then yeah, he he, he probably does have to go. And you're seeing Thomas O'Ware's going to leave at the end of the season. Ricky Lamy's leaving at the end of the season. So interesting times uh, down at Capelo. But what I do find interesting is the, the disparity between what supporters have you seen on social media and on uh, like Pine Borough, for instance. They seem fairly nonplussed by it. 
Whereas you're seeing your Chick Youngs, uh, your chat sound like Chicken by saying that, guys like Chick Young are saying, oh, they can't understand the decision because they thought he'd done a really good job there. And it's just a good example of disparity between uh, the media and uh, the, the people in the street and what they think. I was, I was far less surprised um, uh, getting a heave ho than I was when he was appointed. Uh, I, I was, I was kind of stunned when he was appointed. Uh, I was far less surprised at his, uh, his departure. Not because... Not because it was obvious that they needed to be a partner of the ways, but that's now two successive seasons where they've, they've pretty much ended exactly the same and that they've just completely petered out in the, the, the final quarter, or even the final third. I mean, they, they went into the, the playoffs last season in, in dreadful form and were uh, easily dispatched by, by Dun United. So, mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes managers just have a, a, a shelf life at a club and that was probably it for Duffy at, at Morton. So we'll stay in the championship and move on to Brecon, who are not longer going to be in the championship. We knew that a while ago, but they have left the second tier, having not won a single game all season. They've, they've been absolutely terrible, and I must admit, I'm, I'm starting to get a bit fed up with the kind of condescending, oh, what a credit they've been to the championship no, this season. No. Uh, they've been an absolute inept shambles. You can see there was times earlier when we, we, we spoke about breaking, you, you would say there's a couple of hard luck stories. They did push teams far. There, there were times where, where they did. It was sort of they would lose by the odd goal. St Mirren, I'm sure, they, they, they beat, uh, beat them by the odd goal. They held Livingston, Falkirk and Morton and Queen of the South. Or, no, Dundee United was the other team they held. But uh, recently, over the last um, four or five weeks, they've been gubbed, like 4-0, 5-0. And yeah, it has been an embarrassment, and there's nothing else you can say. It's not like pl- you can't say, "Oh, plucky little breaking, punching above the punching uh, in a division that's that's too unkind to them." Yeah, that's the case. But I don't think you'll, I don't think you'll ever see that again. A team in the top four division in Scotland going without winning a game. The Clyde Bank team, the infamous Clyde Bank team, like the they won a game. East Stirlingshire's pointless season. Uh, they won. They won a game. They got nine points that season. To go, uh, to, to go, it's, it's, a, it's a disgrace and embarrassment. And there'll need to be massive changes at that club. I mean, t- if I was a supporter, Breaking City supporter, and I was going back into the summer, expected to renew my season book, expected to get behind behind the team again, knowing that the same managers there, the same group of players are, are there, I'd be, I'd have to have a long, long hard think about it. it. It doesn't even really look like they've attempted to stay in the league. In that they started, well, they've, they've played out this season with probably a weaker squad than they had last season. And last season's squad was a mid-table League One team, and, and there was no real. Normally, when you see a team, like we talked about St Mirren earlier, when they were in trouble, they were able to turn over their squad. I know it's sort of different. You're talking about different budgets, but I don't remember breaking doing that. There wasn't any like like wholesale changes. Nobody really came in on loan. The only player I think of Callum Morrison came in on loan from from Hearts. Maybe maybe one or, one or two others. But they, they brought in uh, they brought in Mackin from Livingston, but they were already it was already game over by that point. So that's what it seemed to be. Is like yeah, we're, we're going to get relegated and. I don't think you can even say, "Well, we'll just go up and enjoy it," because I'd, I'd fathom find it difficult to fathom anyone who, I, could, who could have enjoyed that. I'm actually trying to think who the biggest signing was in the summer. McGeever, Ryan from McGeever Queens, from Queens Park, Sean Crichton from Livingston. That's not good enough, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Aye, that's that's all you can really say. It's that, that sort of sense of disbelief, and it is. You do get sort. Of, I'd completely agree with Sean. It is easy to get fed up with this sort of narrative that that, that breaking up. Are uh, were unlucky because they weren't. They were just. They were just completely out of their depth and rubbish. And but what I, do, what I will say this. I will say this. Um, I don't think that that Breakin's, uh terrible season should be used as a stick to to beat the, the the playoff system with. I think the playoff system's fantastic. I think it's been a fantastic advent to, to the division. And I, I, yes, I can see the argument that where a, a mid table, essentially mid table team, can finish in fourth and still win promotion. To, to an unforgiving division like the championship, well, that's sort of the that's sort of the way it goes. You know, you just have to have to suck it up. Um, but no, breaking poor. And as a special case, I mean, I think we've seen teams before finish fourth, get promoted, and do fine. I think Stenismuir not go up once and finish fourth and then remain in the second Stenismuir, tier. Stenismuir, have never been in the second tier. Stenismuir got promoted sorry, sorry, from third the, tier, um, yeah. aye, third division to the to the second division less instead of the eight gap. years. But there's there is less of a gap. Okay. But I mean, I'm sure I would need to check. God, the Washington staff was still up. But the season that Dumbarton got promoted, um, they played 
Airdrie and the they played Airdrie in the final and I'm sure there wasn't all that massive uh, a gap between between uh, where they finished and Dumbarton went up and they've been incredibly successful or even the, uh, possibly even a, a better comparison you know talk about oh, perhaps breaking a too small a, a, a club to make a, a go in the championship Cowdenbeef Cowden Beef. Uh, managed mm-hmm. it for, for three seasons and are probably a smaller team than Breaking no it was a it was a piss poor effort for Breaking Okay, let's let's move on to looking towards the playoffs. So we'll start with the Premiership playoff. Uh, that is Dunfermline against Dundee United. Dundee United managed to finish ahead of Dunfermline. Not that it matters too much, uh, but they won the whole final game of the season, beating Livingston at home. On paper, a good result. However, you have to wonder how much Livingston had kind of would just want to have a wee break because they've got the the week off and. At this time of the season, when this, when you're literally playing every three or four days or whatever, you know, giving your players some extra time to do that should be a massive advantage to Livingston before they then take on whoever finishes eleventh in the Premiership. So, what do we reckon to this one? Dunfermline United, United are probably going to shit the bed, aren't they? I watched the watched the highlights of Dunfermline's game against Dumbarton at the weekend, and granted, Dumbarton at similar position, Dumbarton uh, were. Confirmed ninth place about two or three weeks ago, so they really had nothing to play for. But they were really were. It was the sort of thing where you've got a team who have got nothing to play for come up against a team who really have a point to prove. And we'll come on to talk about it later when we talk about our both Queens Park uh, game at the weekend. But Dunfermline were absolutely fantastic against Dumbarton. Uh, Callum Higginbotham scored two really nice goals, and uh, Ryan Williamson, the fullback, got his first goal for the club. It was a smashing goal, um, a great piece of interplay between Joe Cardell and uh, forgive me someone else, but Cardell takes the ball round and he waits perfectly timed for Williamson's run and just prods it through to him perfect it's just like pushes the ball through to him and Williamson finishes so it was great great to see him score I know he was quite highly rated before injuries um, coming on to, to this match uh, I think that the, the pressure's all on Dundee United here you know they're the bigger team they're, they're the, the, the big name in that division who have massively underperformed who's uh, there, there's the talk of the administ- administration being in the cards if they don't, they don't get to it. I, I'd probably agree with you, Craig. I think that uh, I think uh, Dundee United will will, uh, will come undone here. Uh, you made a bit of a face, Sean. What, what was the face for? I think if you believe in the hoodoos, uh, then you'll think that Dundee United uh, could navigate their way past Dunfermline. Dunfermline haven't beaten them in 13 goals. And I also think that... A lot of averages. Yeah, but I have to feel a lot of averages. I also think that Dundee United... You know, there's a lot made about the, the playoffs about how you need momentum going into them. Uh, I say this every almost. To be fair, to be fair, I haven't checked it out. However, if you go back to last season, uh, if you remember the run of form that Forfar were on, they, they barely won a game in the last thirteen matches of last season, but they still ended up winning the playoffs. I think uh, as much as Dunfermline are in, well, they've actually they've ended the season in title winning form. They actually began the season in title winning form as well, which shows you how bad they were in the middle part of the season. That if it hadn't been for that last minute equaliser at Inverness, Dunfermline wouldn't even you know they wouldn't actually qualify for the playoffs. Uh, I actually think Dundee United have come on in a game a wee bit. Uh, I didn't expect them to get bodied by Queen of South, admittedly, uh, the other week. I think the fact that they've replaced Harry Lewis in goals, who I thought started the season quite well, but has been pretty bum average for the rest of the season. Uh, Mehmet, who was the Falkirk backup keeper for a, a couple of years, he's kind of steadied the ship a bit. Obviously, Mojny's come in and has steadied the defence. I quite like the look of the midfield uh, the weekend, and that they had Slater and we also have... Slater and Fraser and Billy King playing behind Scott McDonald. Uh, I appreciate Livingston had very little to play for. I think it could, honestly, I don't know. Uh, I think it could go either way. And as much as Dunfermline are the form team in the championship, I can see Dungeon United sneaking through. I actually think, I actually think a team that plays the Premiership side will be the winner of this tie. I actually think Livingston have kind of fallen away recently. Uh, I think they miss, I think Livingston missed Penrith since they went back to. Uh, Partick Thistle I think if you're you're going to pick faults at Livingston uh, because they've only won I think they won 3 and 10 I think think they struggle for a wide position Cadden can't do what what Penrith was doing Uh, DeVito on the other side okay fair enough and if Livingston are needing a plan B at any point in the playoffs they've actually only got two forwards because they've sent Boyd back to Hamilton they've got Hardy and Miller which is a, a good plan A so they might not need a plan B but their other forwards are both out on loan so Hamilton 
has scored a lot of goals. Uh, Jack Hamilton was at Berwick Rangers and Mackin, as we mentioned earlier, went to Brecon. So if they are desperate for a goal, not entirely sure who they're going to bring on to, to nab it for them. Miller and Hardy, also known as Big Sexy and the guy you want to take home to... You, the guy you want to date your daughter, sorry. Yes, uh, yes, according to Yogi Hughes. <laughs> okay. Let's move into the Championship playoffs and we'll begin... With Rafe Rovers, who are in the playoffs because they are a big bunch of fucking butlers, aren't they, Sean? Aye, let's, let's hear about let's hear about Saturday, mate. When, <laughs> when by the time I'd finished laughing at Craig Moore's penalty and the video, the, you know that of Aloha's highlights package. By the time I'd finished laughing at that, which was probably Thursday morning, <laughs> something along those lines, it suddenly occurred to me that now Rafe Rovers had to beat Aloha on Saturday. And I thought to myself, I don't know if I fancy us to do it. Because the majority of this team, or a large bulk of this team, was there last season. And they had umpteen chances to, to stay up last season. Couldn't do it. Every time Every time there was a big game, they almost inevitably lost. This season, they've had a, a good few a good few opportunities to to move clear of United. You know, Air United coming to Starts Park for the, the second time. It was a great opportunity for the Rovers to move. I think it might have been 10 points clear. They drew one all. Uh, they then had a game in hand at Stranraer, lost. When they went down to Ayr and got gubbed, they had four for. They still had a game in hand. They had to play four for a midweek, lost. And I thought to myself, I don't know. When the chips are down, is this Rovers team going to do it? And I thought, so this Ruth Rovers team for the for the first quarter of the season, uh, scoring goals for fun, uh, averaging two and a half goals per game. Uh, as soon. Uh, as soon as Ross Callahan was sold, that gave Barry Smith a bit of a problem. How is he going to fill that void? Callahan would get forward, as would uh, Vaughan on one side, Barr on the other. There was a decent partnership in that they were creating chances for the two of them uh, with Liam Buchanan and Greg Spence. That finished as soon as Callahan was away because he brought in John Heron, who couldn't do what Ross Callahan was doing. He tried Ross Matthews, who couldn't do uh, what Ross Callahan was doing. He then tried uh, Lewis Vaughan, who played there for about a third of the season. All that did was move Vaughan away from where he was doing a lot of damage, either up front or, or out wide. Being in mind, from a, a wide position, I think he scored in 10 consecutive games. I, I suppose it was wow. a bit like when, remember when Queen of South signed Ian Russell? Yeah. And everybody said, why are you playing Ian Russell out wide? Because he's scoring goals for fun. And, and Vaughan, Vaughan was doing that at the start of the season. Selling Callahan completely derailed the team in it. There was, a, there was a slickness about him at the start of the season that was completely missing as soon as he left. And suddenly there were a team that was... Grinding out results, defensively solid, uh, but not creating too many goal-scoring chances. And Saturday against Aloha was pretty much the season in, in microcosm. They created very little from open play. The majority of their chances were created from set-pieces. The Aloha defence was struggling uh, to deal with the set-pieces and crosses into the area. However, they couldn't really play a long ball game because they had two guys at 5 foot nine up front and, and Vaughan and Buchanan. When Barry Smith eventually, uh, as is his want, realising too late that he needed to change things, he shouted Willis Furtado, who was warming up at the corner flag, they shouted him and to, to get involved. I thought, well, excellent, he's going to go up front. Here's a guy who is tall, imposing, he's quick, he's strong. He's going to go up front. We can play a long ball game and he'll bring others into play. No, he brought off Bobby Barr and Furtado went out wide and again wasn't involved as he could have been. It actually took about until the last five minutes for us to bring on, you know, three up front, go gung-ho. He brought in Johnny Court, who's a young guy who again kind of puts himself about. But at that point, it was, it was a bit too late. Uh, you know, the, the league was done. As soon as actually as news spread that Ayr were winning, and we were kind of going in at half-time now now, I thought, mm, I just, I can't see us turning around. I must admit, I didn't realise uh, that they, there was a massive stramash in the penalty area in, in the last minute. I didn't actually realise we'd hit the post in the, the final second, which would have been quite a way to end the season. But in all honesty... Yeah, United, United, for my money, were the best team I've seen in, in League One and I, I felt they were worthy winners. Do they have fancy Wraith Rovers to get past Aloha? Uh, if they do, it'll be by the odd goal and then do I fancy them to get through the next to, to win a final? Again, it would be by the odd goal. They'll, they'll either win both ties narrowly or they'll, they'll lose one of them narrowly because that's just how they play this season. Uh, quite quite dull and, and extremely unconvincing. Aloha have been been pretty pretty decent though over the last uh, the last few months. I know it took them quite a, a bit of a difficult start uh, under Goodwin. There was a sort of chopping and changing of players, but but they they have they have been good and they they showed that they by beating Air United um, and then sort of holding yourselves granted other circumstances. They are certainly not a team to be trifled with over the over two legs. 
I was, I was really impressed. Against, I was I was impressed by them in the first half against there. I actually thought they were quite poor in the second half against there. But I was I was really impressed with them. Certainly defensively on Saturday, they pretty much had two banks of five. But as much as uh, as much as Rovers had all the ball in the first half and the second half, I suppose Alva should have went in at half time winning. The Jordan Kirkpatrick hit the inside of the post. Uh, it was a good save by Graham Smith, although he went the wrong way initially and kind of rectified matters. Hit the inside of the post, bounced along it and, and cleared. And then uh, Kirkpatrick again hit the the bar from a, a free kick from twenty five yards. So as much as as much as Wraith had the, the body of the play on Saturday, Alva could have been winning at half time. And uh, no, you're right. They, he didn't. I didn't think. Uh, I didn't think Jim Goodwin recruited particularly well in the summer. He certainly didn't come close to replacing the guys that he missed uh, or that he lost in the summer, I should say. Uh, but yeah, as the seasons progressed, he's, he's brought certainly in January. He recruited well, and if you look at it from January onwards, they picked up almost as many points as as Ayr and Rovers between uh, January and end of the season. From the of the three teams actually that are in the Championship playoffs, uh, Alloa, Dumbarton, Ardbroath. I actually think there's an argument to say that Alloa's got the best squad of the three of them. Well, made a good signing today in Alan Troughton from Albion Rovers. He will be a good signing as long as Alloa don't get promoted. If they're in the Championship next season, that's probably a bad signing. Because <laughs> he hasn't, to be fair, he hasn't. And his career he hasn't been as uh, successful as he perhaps should have been in the in, in the Championship. But that kind of... So I'm doing your link here for you there, Craig, sorry. So the, the other playoff is between Dumbarton and Arbroath. It's a team that scores a lot of goals and a team that doesn't. I think that, I don't know if Dick Campbell was that disappointed to lose to Queen's Park at the weekend, thus giving them a tie against Dumbarton. And, and any other season, or in most seasons, I think in the Championship, this Dumbarton team would have finished bottom. But they ended up with 30 points, I think. 12 of them were against Brecon, so they managed 18 against the other 8 teams in the league. It's by some margin the, the worst Dumbarton team in the Championship. Not necessarily the worst team on paper, but certainly the worst performing team. I did, uh, I did raise an eyebrow when they started signing so many players from that Wraith Rovers team that were inept uh, the season before. The vast majority of them haven't worked out. Uh, Danny Handling has been pretty much a waste of jersey. I appreciate he came from Hibs, but he was on loan at Wraith Rovers last season. Mark Stewart has uh, spent probably half his season injured and the other half uh, offside. Uh, <laughs> uh, Johnson, uh, Johnson has ended up at Peterhead uh, and Craig Barr is probably the best of, of that bunch. But they are... He was sent off at the weekend. But got sent off and will now be suspended for at least one of the games, possibly both, I'm not entirely certain. But they're, they're essentially they're a team that has no creativity in midfield, uh, they're a team that, that can't defend whatsoever and they're a team that can't score goals. Uh, whether they were, can manage that against a team that finished uh, fourth in League One, possibly. Uh, I, again, I think I could go either way, and I think it will be tight. But actually, I fancy our growth. So now, Craig, before we move on to the League One playoffs, you know, so I'd be, I, I, I really, really like Dumbarton as a, as a team because I think what they've there was a few years ago where Ian Murray's team finished fifth. Uh, and on the penultimate, the penultimate game, they, they lost to Queen Queen of the South. Uh, but at that point, it was looking like they could have actually finished in the playoffs, which should have been an astronomical achievement for for a part-time team in the country. So, what Dum- what Dumbarton do in terms of flying the flag for part-time teams? They've done that for the last like uh, four, four, five years, I think it is. Uh, so that's I, I want Dumbarton to to retain their place. But from having watched them, uh, watched the highlights, I mean, they're entertaining to watch, but not necessarily for all the right reasons it's mostly because they are so generous I mean we've mentioned them against uh, Dunfermline there Dunfermline played well but you know it was a dismal way to go into the playoffs against a team who are quite good our both did have the luxury at the weekend of uh, resting players against Queen's Park that was reflected in the score we mentioned that earlier when you've got a team who really don't have all that much to play for and can have a bit of leeway with uh, who they put out on the park against a team that is really going for it and that was shown in Queen's Park. Queen's Park did play well, and the goals they scored, particularly Luke Donnelly's uh, goal where he took the ball on the chest and uh, sort of like chipped it into the net from 12 yards, that was a gorgeous goal. Um, but you think to yourself, if there was more riding on it for our growth, would they have allowed them that space? Would they, uh, would they have uh, sort of stood off players as much? Would they have put the same intensity, a lack of intensity into runs? Probably not. Uh, I think that going into this, our growth will have had a wee bit of a rest. I think they'll be focused for it. Um, 
I think it'll. If you look at how Arbol set up, we spoke about Tom O'Brien and their defence and generally has been strong this season. They've got a load of energy in their midfield. They've got goals in midfield. Uh, I mean, I don't know who will start up front, but they've got Leighton McIntosh, Ryan Wallace, Michael McKenna has been brought in from Berwick and has managed to kind of add a bit uh, <laughs> kind of attacking midfield sense. <laughs> Looking at no, I think the Barnes going to struggle. Okay, let's move into the League One playoffs where we've got Queen of the South against your side. <laughs> Uh, no, we're, sorry, play, sorry, sorry. we're playing a team called Queen's Park at the weekend. <laughs> Destruct, I'm distracted by my cat going about. I'm distracted by your cat. Go Put it in a fucking different room. <laughs> I'm not supposed to leave the living room yet. <laughs> Put us in a different room here. <laughs> we'll do this out in the hall. My Queen of the South versus... Uh, versus Queen of the South. <laughs> fucking hell, no, I've done it! <laughs> Jesus! Queen's, Queen's Park... Versus Stenhouse Muir. First game's played tomorrow night at Oakle View, then the second leg is played at Hamden at the weekend. Um, Queen's Park, it's been a pretty miserable season for Queen's Park. They spent most of the season in the at, at bottom, in fact. In fact, interesting, I'm not sure if this is right, but I read that this is the Albion Rovers, the first time they've been bottom of the seat, bottom of the table was in that final game of the season after losing to her. So that's that's uh, that's, but yeah, you can say, oh, they don't. They, I hope they deserve to stay up. You don't deserve to stay up if you if you lose that many oh, games. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved the outpouring of emotion when they were relegated. Everybody's like, oh, so gutted for them after the kind of documentary and that. It's like, fuck off. I mean, if if they had done documentary about every other team, it would probably be saying the same. It's like, it's like, oh, good, honest, hardworking guys. What? So the guys at other teams are charlatans or something? I I, uh, I had less sympathy for them after watching. <laughs> Fucking lazy relegation is fucking lazy. Uh, but um, so Queens Park haven't been haven't been in great form this season, albeit they got a very good win at the weekend. So they'll be quite content with that. And they go, uh, they're facing a, a Stennis Muir team who are, are very inconsistent. Stennis Muir's form, they've only lost once in their last seven matches, I think, and that was that was to Montrose. To be fair, um, who were, were very, 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 very good in that match. I mean, talk a wee bit about that match. People come on, Montrose. We should probably praise Montrose at some point, but. Um, Montrose scored after a minute Chris Templeman scored uh, and then Lewis Milne doubled their lead after 8 minutes so Montrose go into go, go, they've got another uh, 82 minutes to play uh, with a 2 goal lead and what they did I spoke to a couple of the, uh, the Stennis Muir players after the game one of them said Montrose are the worst team in the division uh, to, to play against if they've got a lead to defend and another one said you could hear the players after they got the second goal the players were all, dis- were all talking about it they moved into a back five to make it even more difficult for Stenismuir so it's hard for Stenismuir but they drew Stenismuir finished in fourth place they got a 1-1 draw with Sterling Albion uh, at the weekend which is a real friendship match uh, very similar to the 1982 match between West Germany and Austria <laughs> forever known as the disgrace of Kihon where uh, the teams knew that a uh, a 1-0 win for West Germany would be enough to see them qualify I'm sure they get the, the expense of Algeria if, uh, if uh, uh, be, be believed um, what Senesmuir do have in their favour is that Mark McGuigan will be back he missed a few games with a rib injury he got on for the final 15 minutes against Sterling Albion so with him Andy Dallas and perhaps even Colin McMenamin into the mix McMenamin has been a uh, Occasionally effective this season, but he did score an equaliser against Berwick Rangers, and he did score the opening goal at the weekend. So he does. Many has shown that he, he still has stuff stuff to offer. Stennis Muir have a, a good range of options in attack, and Harry Payton, of course, is. Uh, I don't think. Um, well, I think he, he'll he'll relish playing against uh, against Queens Park. I was before, but before we started recording, that, I was quite surprised at how bullish you were about Stennis Muir winning. The I think Stennis Muir will win the playoffs. I'll, 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 I think Stennis Muir will win the playoffs I think because they have a, a kind of hex over Peterhead a hex over Queen's Park as well Stennis Muir have been in the playoffs twice won the playoffs twice and beaten Queen's Park in the playoffs twice beat them in 2009 where weirdly enough Stennis Muir finished in 4th in the 3rd division Queen's Park finished 9th uh, they beat them there 2 on aggregate scoreline and then they played them in the, the playoff final in 2015 and beat them 2-1 again so the Stenshmere have never even lost a playoff game, let alone actually like a, a tie. Both of us, incidentally, have uh, played eight uh, playoff ties. <laughs> uh, we've, we've won one, uh, but we've never got through any playoff round ever. Uh, okay, so it's not looking good for eight rovers. But on top of that, they've got if they if they've beaten Peterhead three times this season, they've beaten Stirling Albion twice this season, 
So yeah, bullish, yes, I, I do. I think Sinistrin will win it. Fair enough. Other playoff is between Sterling Albion and Peterhead. Peterhead for a little bit on Saturday looked like they could be heading for the title with Montrose going a goal down to Elgin. Uh, Shane Sutherland free kick right on the edge of half time. But Montrose kept the composure, got the equaliser and got the victory. It also looked at one point like Peterhead were going to blow it as well with Edinburgh City who have been in dreadful form towards the end of the season. Snatching an equaliser, I think it was eight minutes to go. No, 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 it was in the it was like the 90th minute, and then Peterhead kicked off and just <laughs> scored, just scored right from kickoff. Oh, hey, we should have actually said it before we started talking about the the playoffs. I am over the moon for Montrose. Absolutely delighted for them. Um, being the best team in League Two this season, certainly not the not the flashiest side. You'd probably say that's Peterhead with the, the amount of money they've spent, um, but incredibly well organised. Like what we were talking about there when, when they went two up against Enniskillen. Um, they've signed incredibly well like Sean Dillon best signing in the, that anyone's made in the division this season because he's brought composure organisation leadership to, to that team um, Cammy Ballantyne on loan from Dundee's brilliant Andy Steves has become a really good player Matty Allen's a good player they managed to get a squeeze another season out Chris Temple and I think he might be retiring at the end of the year but I mean what a way to do it you know to, to go out uh, on top of it as a as a champion, brilliant to do it. And to hold off Peterhead, because Peterhead's mm. form in the last uh, probably three months has been exceptional. I think he won something like 9 out of 11. Uh, but no, they managed to, to, to hold them off. Defensively, far and away the best team uh, in that division, but you say certainly, certainly not the flashiest. You would imagine, although I'm, I think we've said something along these lines before, this must be Jim McAnally in the last chance saloon. Surely to goodness when it comes to being the, the Peterhead manager. I I, th- I think so. Unless he unless he wins promotion, I I would say that that has to be it. I think they'll beat Still and Albion because, as you said, you've got a team who are going into it in good form against a team who really haven't been in good form. Still and Albion, I thought they'd win the division at this. Well, maybe not win the division, but I certainly thought they would push. Same with Smear, Actually, I thought these teams would, would push uh, at the top of the table a lot better. But Still and Albion's uh, form. There was a point a couple of months ago where if Still and Albion had won their games in hand, they would have been a point or two off the top uh, and have ended up nowhere near them. Yeah, you can say there's a number of facts. I mean, they've, they've not won since uh, the, the middle of March. You know, they've, they've uh, drawn three and lost the last four games, including they were absolutely routed 5-0 mm. by, by Montrose, which really showed at that point, you, a couple of months ago, we are talking about that the team's really close together, but Still and have really fallen away. You can say things like... Players uh, not in good form, injuries, sort of like making patchwork teams. But uh, I would say that that Sterling will be the team that uh, likely to miss out. Sterling, Queens Park miss out. Stenisphere, Peterhead in the final. Stenisphere to win the final. There you go. Bold. I know it's bold as heck, but um, <laughs> I I'm, I'm confident just because I mean probably some some online loser will probably <laughs> record this section there and stick it up in a tweet or something and, and at me in it. At some point to say, haha, your team got bodied off Queen's Park 8 0. But I, you know, I, I'm confident, I'm, I'm confident that, that, that Stennis Muir will, will win. 8 0 would be a, a lovely scoreline for Spartans to get. <laughs> what <laughs> a segue! When they meet Cove Rangers, because they're 4 0 down from the first leg, and it doesn't look like next season we're going to have two teams in the SPFL that are just doing it at the end of my streak. That is, I didn't see the highlights of the match. They're available through the I think it's the Aberdeen Union Express uh, website. Somebody, somebody filmed them, but uh, from the comments that I did read, Spartans were atrocious, and Cove City took full advantage and routed them. So I imagine that it's uh, unless there is some sort of miracle, it'll be Cove Rangers. That'll be the team that, that's that's taken on. Um, you called them Cove City a minute. Did I call them Cove City a minute ago? Uh, you may have done, but I didn't want to point it out. Oh Jesus Christ! We're having no luck with these team names. <laughs> Queen of the South, Cove City. I fear for Cowden Beef. Yeah, having gone from a couple of weeks ago saying that I'd, I'd really fancy Cowden Beef to be safe, that upturn in form, it, it just went up and then it's gone back down again. They dissipated a bit. They're not quite as bad, but they're just they're kind of. Well, they've, they've, they've lost their last four matches. I mean, again, losing to Montrose and Peterhead's not that great, but Berwick and Annan teams that, that haven't been fantastic, they lost to them, so they're not going at the match in the best of form. They're considerably worse than the Cowdenbeath team that was in the playoffs last season, and that Cowdenbeath team only stayed up on penalties. Yes, yeah, uh, no, I, I, I'm struggling to, to see how Cowdenbeath pull it off again. I hope they do. I mean, it's, whilst it'd be, it'd be good to see another new team coming up, and I think Cove Rangers have... 
have really wanted to get into the senior leagues for a long time. Um, I, I, I wish it wasn't at the fact, you know, I, I, I wish it wasn't at the expense of Cowden. We spoke about Cowden before, and Cowden are a I like them being in the, the SPFL. I think that they've 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 achieved a lot. They bring a lot, to, and that it's going to Central Park is one of those uh, unique experiences that that's unmatched anywhere else. Yeah, it's preferable as a fan as opposed to a media member. Well, yeah, I'm stuck here. Anything else before we wrap this shambles up? <laughs> well, we were going to body all trolls, but you told me not to. The troll that we had in mind. Um, well, it's just. You don't, want to, you don't want to mention. I'm literally going to say nothing else. Yeah, we don't want to mention. We don't want to say who the troll is. But sometimes you just rubbish and get stuff wrong all the time. Just consistently gets things wrong. You just have bad opinions, and then pulled up to the bad opinions, they just uh, they they work back, and it's like they're trying to, try to tweak themselves out of a of a bad opinion. You can't do that. Just stop trying to be uh, controversial and just be normal. Be cool. We're actually I'm quite short because we'd spent about really 50 minutes on the recording time and we spent about 10 minutes pissing about at the start trying to get the thing to record a decent sound. Um, so we should probably... Well, we'll wrap up. Do you want, Craig, you, you're disappointed that you got to miss out on Body and Rangers in the additional podcast. Why don't you just have a wee Body of Rangers before we finish? Well, I don't even really think there's, there's, there's much to say about Rangers that hasn't been said before. That was the worst Rangers performance I've seen um, and a, a long time you, you talk about the we, we were there at the, the, the Scottish Cup semi-final against Celtic and I thought wow Rangers were really really poor there but they were even worse against them and I mean Celtic deserve a lot of credit because they went and uh, it wasn't just sort of like Celtic going through the motions and beating Rangers aside Celtic absolutely ran over the top of them and I mean and so for some perverse way I was disappointed that they, they took the foot off the gas at the end because it could have been I'm not exaggeration. There was five 0 with with sort of like thirty seven minutes to play. Five 0 and Rangers' best and possibly only good player was a goalkeeper. goalkeeper. You know, and poor finishing. It could, it could have been double figures, and that's I was disappointed that, that there wasn't double figures. I mean, Sean made the point off microphone. There can he be? You, uh, like, imagine being a Celtic fan. You've just beaten Rangers five 0 and you're still disappointed about it. That's the sort of match it was. I was. I was sitting watching it on Sunday, and bear in mind, uh, I have watched my own team uh, in the space of two years go from a kind of half decent Championship team to a clown shoes outfit last season <laughs> <laughs> to chucking away the league title this season. And I sat there and genuinely think to myself, it must be awful to be a Rangers fan. <laughs> wow, which is quite something if you're a Rangers fan. Yeah, well, there you go. I think Rangers fans would imagine that. I've been pitied by a Wraith Rovers fan. Well, this is, this is Banner Years Part 2 for Hearts, and we're getting scudded off of him's left, right, and centre. It's, it's not a particularly good time to be a Hearts fan, but I did actually sit there on Sunday thinking, Christ, it can't be worse. <laughs> I mean, I, I go to Derby's now thinking we're not going to win. I, I don't think we're going to get beat 5 0, which is, I think, what literally everybody thought in Scotland this weekend. So yeah. many people had, like, Rangers, Celtic like, minus four and stuff uh, like that. I had. For some reason, this is yeah. There's a troll. Bet Betfair. So much for Betfair. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> That's the same the first person to ever have said that. Yeah, let's body all trolls. Let's body Betfair. Okay? Um, let's let's go. Let's match handicaps. It only went up to minus two. I was kind of expecting something a bit more. <laughs> I was, I was yeah. expecting something more dramatic. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just distracted by this scampering fucking idiot behind me. Let's see. Can we get onto the zines page? Stop running about. Uh, give me a second at oh, this has been a bit of a disaster I hope you st- everybody still listening to this has enjoyed it but um... <laughs> yeah uh, let's see Scott and I still oh apparently it's uh, Scott's in on the Celtic Star what is that that's what it's called now Scott's in the Celtic Star so if anyone who has access to the Scott Zine <laughs> page uh, please get in touch and let us know what the heck is going on because uh... yeah wow Right, I think we should wrap up there. Yeah. So yeah. Chuck the cat out of the room. Yes. We can, we can do the Patreon. Yeah. Yes, please do. Um, the Patreon's going to be good. We're talking about our uh, favourite debut albums of all time. Uh, and we're also previewing WrestleMania. So make sure... Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a callback to the last oh, time. Yeah. Jesus. You've got, got to explain these jokes. <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't think... I, I don't think I, I, 
Yeah, it's a cobra. I went on a, I went on a date on Bumble with this lassie, um, and actually, it was that bad. I deleted the app afterwards. But like, um, you, have you ever been out with someone and just within like two or three minutes, you just sort of know, nah, this yes. is this isn't going. It's a horrible feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's the sort of feeling I got with this last year. He was very, very uh, good looking, but just, just had nothing to say. And I was making callbacks to stuff we'd spoken about on, on WhatsApp. And she was just, what? And it's like, no, nah, that, that, that thing I was talking about. Oh, right, right, right. And it, just, it was just, just horrendous. And that, that made, the way you looked at me there when you said WrestleMania, was, you made me feel the same way this, this. <laughs> I was. I thought this date somehow was going to be tied into WrestleMania. I wish. You brought Vonder through a table. <laughs> Come round to my house uh, and we will. Uh, Which, funny that was uh, what Evan McFarlane said that Bruno Alves. He says he was he claimed he was at the Rangers Player of the Year awards and Bruno Alves had rock bottom someone through a table. Which unfortunately uh, didn't seem to have any ruckuses going on whatsoever. No, it was the boys kind of stormed the entrance, um, shouted a bit of abuse, and then were totally pissed off. And Julie pissed off as, as far as we can tell. That's kind of what happened. God, God. Who, who won Rangers Player of the Year? Well, I don't know because they've, they've had complete radio silence since. Seriously, the game. no tweets, no Facebook posts, no Instagrams. I'm not waiting on either Gerard, Arfield, or McGregor signing, and then they'll put out some good news. Quite huffy. Huffy behaviour, yeah. isn't it? It's just that's say, Jim Trainers and t- Craig is a journalist. What's your opinion on Jim Trainer? Uh, more with less uh, cat running about mental in the background then uh, please head over to the Patreon uh, I've said it at the top of the show patreon.com forward slash test podcast you can also find us on Twitter Facebook you can send us an email at the new address I'm sure it's testpodcast at gmail.com yes it is that's where uh, I send all my emails <laughs> what about audible man? it's got to be pretty audible I'd imagine so <laughs> Right, Sean, say goodbye. Goodbye. Do you know what to me say goodbye first? Because he said to hello. I, I said hello first. Craig, say goodbye. Goodbye. Sean, would you like to do it again? <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> oh, Craig. Yeah, fuck it. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.